Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the waters of rest. He restores my soul. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in a Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the third day of May 2020. We're broadcasting you today from North Central, West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in the last book of the Gospel of John, with well, last chapter, I should say, chapter 21, beginning verse 15. And our Lord is asking Peter a series of questions, preparing him for what's coming, the day of Pentecost, uh, the great outpouring of the Spirit at the beginning of the New Testament church. So before we go on, let's let's pray. Father, we ask you to bless your word. Lord, for the upbuilding of thy kingdom, that you might be lifted up, that all men might be drawn unto you. And we ask you today, Lord, you touch hearts and minds. Spirits and souls, Father, you see every need, every situation, every circumstance. Bring healing, Lord. Lord, Lord, heal those hard things today that people have been struggling with for so long. We ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father, that you'd pour out of your spirit, as you said you would in these last days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. John chapter 21 verse 15 and Jesus starts to ask Peter which he calls him Simon a series of questions concerning his love for him and what he's willing to do and we know that that Peter uh, has been forgiven for what what happened at his denial and we know that in Acts chapter 2 we're going to see him uh, preach the, the the Pentecostal message of the church, explaining to the people that these are the last days, and in these last days, God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. So we know that they had sat down and eaten by the sea. Jesus had provided a meal, had cooked it, uh, and he said the words, come and dine. We talked about that last time. He told them, or to catch the fish, he he showed his lordship, that he was God of all, Lord of all. But he begins to talk to Peter here in, in verse 15, chap, chapter 21. And so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, 
son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. So he asked the question here, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? All right. Uh, he's saying, do you love me more than anything? Am, am, am I number one in your life? We know that Peter wrote a couple letters, and um, he referred to himself as Paul as a bond servant. Uh, the Greek word is doulos, which was one willing to sacrifice it all for a cause, to be willingly attached, in this case, attached to who Jesus Christ uh, uh, sold out, totally committed to the work that they were called to do, a, a sacrifice. The Bible says we need to give ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable for God, which is our reasonable service. And that word, that word love there is the, uh, the word uh, agape, which means unconditionally. Lovest thou me unconditionally. And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love you. And then, and then Jesus said, Peter, then you need to feed my sheep. In other words, those that, that I send before you, those that will come unto you and minister that you have to minister to. And, of course, we know he's going to do all these things under the power of the infilling of, of, of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, that word agape, which means uh, which means ardent, supreme, perfect, uh, means to be fond to feel. It's it's different than what they call what phileo, which means a friendship. So he says, "Feed my lambs, feed my lambs." Then in verse sixteen, he he asks again, and he said to him <clears throat> again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas. Remember, he called him Simon Bar-Jonah, which means son of who, Jonas? Lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He goes from lambs, and then he goes to sheep. So, and that word there, love, or lovest, is... Also, the same word agape, which means unconditional, complete, com complete commitment. And he says, "Feed my sheep." In other words, he's talking about the great commandment, the great commission: go into the world and preach the gospel to to every nation, to every kindred, to every tongue. And uh, this is what they did. The Bible declares that that Peter and the rest were uh, the men that turned the world upside down by the preaching of the gospel. In 1 Peter 5, 2, he says, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. In other words, how to approach, how to handle the ministry in which called to do. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, 
lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved. We're getting a little upset, I guess, because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him again, feed my sheep. We know this is the third time. God's a thrice holy God, so he asked Peter three times if he was willing to feed the sheep that was sent unto him. And that word there, lovest, is what phileo, which which means uh, to be a friend. To be a friend. To be to be a friend of God. So we have two, which is what agape, unconditional, completely sacrificed, completely sold out, and phileo, which means to be a friend. So Jesus is about ready to ascend unto the Father, set at the Father's right hand, which the Bible declares that's where he's at right now. And he's preparing his disciples for what is to come and what their job and and what they're called to do. And this, this hasn't changed. The thrust of the church, the commission of the church is still the same. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because of the love you have for Christ, the dedication you have for Christ, the vision that's given to us through him. The Bible declares without a vision, a man will perish. And what should be the vision of the modern day church? Souls, souls, souls. That should be the thrust of every church that's open and calls themselves a church is to preach the gospel. Go you to all the world and preach the gospel. That's what we are supposed to do. This is what he called us to do. For God so loved the world. That's the message we need to begin. That God sent his only son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's our commission. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. Are they? Some are, some aren't. Some are, some aren't. So, in verse 18, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young. Now, he begins to prophesy to Peter. And Peter will talk about this later in one of the letters that he wrote as Jesus prophesied, the Lord prophesied to him. Verily, verily I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Okay, this is talking about him growing old, of course, and as we age, then our capabilities become less. You know, we don't have to give in to that per se. We do the best we can to stay active. But he's talking about the progression that's going to happen to him. And then he talks and he says, he says, and they will carry thee whither thou wouldest not. And this talks about the time or a distant day from this point where Peter would die. Now, historians say that Peter died on a cross, but he was crucified upside down 
because he felt himself not worthy to be crucified as his Lord. All of the apostles died a martyr's death, except for John, and he was boiled in oil three times, and God kept him. We're going to talk about that in a minute. God kept him and sent him to an isle, the Isle of Patmos, because of his stand for Christ. And he was given the great book of Revelation, the Apocalypse, the unveiling, the revelation of, not John, but of Jesus Christ. Verse 19, this spake he, this, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. He, even our death will glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him <clears throat> these words. Now, he laid all this out, and he said, follow me. <laughs> follow me. This is, this is what I've, I've told you what's going to happen. He, he doesn't prophesy a lot of sweet things to him. He just lays it on the line. He says, you're, gonna, you're young now. You're going to get old. And they're going to carry you off. And you're going to die for the cause of Christ and for my glory. So the death that should glorify God. In Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12, Wherefore I will not be what negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. 13. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, in other words, his body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle or body, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me, which is what we talked about. Moreover, I will endeavor ye may be able after my de de what decease to have these things always in remembrance. The, the progression of a Christian totally committed, totally a bond servant, is to finish well. Paul said, I have kept the faith. I've run my race. I did not get weary in well-doing. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. A lot of people start off like a house on fire. But how do they end? When the challenges of life, Jesus said, listen to me, in this world, you might have tribulation. No, he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of what? Good cheer. For I have overcome this world. He says, told the disciples and told the Jewish people that, that they would be persecuted as we will be. For his name's sake. For the name of Jesus. Nobody cares if you use the name of God. But if you go using the name of Jesus, that stirs things up because he's the Savior of the world. He is the Messiah. He's the soon coming Lord and King that's going to rule on the face of this earth. Take back. Read Revelation chapter 5. When he starts to take back the title deed, the only one worthy, the Lamb of God, 
slain from the foundation of the world, the only one worthy to take back the title deed is going to do that. What's going on now is temporary. The powers of this world are temporary. The God of this world, which we know is Satan, is pseudo. He is God of this age, not permanently, just until the end of this age. And the Bible clearly states what's going to happen. For death and hell shall be thrown into hell, or into the grave. Verse 19. I'm sorry. Verse, verse 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, following which also leaned on his breast at the supper, and saith, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? And said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? He asked the question. John did. So, the disciple that Jesus loved was the one that was beside Mary, who was who? The mother of Christ. And who he told, he said, he said, take care of my mother. And of course, John did. Verse 21. And then who Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? What shall this man do? He asks the question, what about John? What's going to happen to him? What, what's his fate? Verse 22, <laughs> Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is it to thee? Listen, follow thou me a second time. <clears throat> So what he's pointing out here is regardless of circumstances, do do we quit when things don't go our way? Do we give up? And I ask you the question this morning, give up to what? Give up to what? Did the world do anything for you? Did this lifestyle of this world do anything for you? No, probably cost you. Sin, sin has a price. The Bible says the ultimate price of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But he said, Peter, what, what's it to you? Or is it any of your business of the will of God that I have for John? In other words, worry about yourself. The Bible says get the moat out of your own eye before you start taking the moat out of somebody else's eye. In other words, get your own front porch swept off first. Search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. Jesus, uh, 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 Jesus gave Peter command, follow me twice, he says. Follow me. And he's saying the same thing today. The same thing today. He understands that we don't live in a perfect world. He understands the opposition. He understands what men and women go through. He understands all these things, but yet... We have to set in our mind and our heart that we are going to follow him even until the end. Because he said in his, he said to us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, but be with us even to the end of, not the world, of this age. This, this earth is not going to pass away. It's going to be revamped and renewed. There's coming a new age. Another click 
in the dispensations of God. A different mode of operation is coming. At the coming of the Lord, the Bible declares, after that seven years of tribulation, the last three and a half years is the great tribulation, the battle of Armageddon, the kingdom age. Satan will be locked away a thousand years. After a thousand years, he'll be released once again, and then his final defeat, and then eternity with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He will rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. That will be the capital of the world, and Israel will once again take their prominent place in the world. In other words, listen to me. They will be the lead nation. The one that gave us the oracles of God. Jesus himself was Jewish. Okay. I know I know a lot of people have problems. Listen to me. The church has never, ever taken the place of Israel. Never. No. And neither will they. The Bible distinctly points out when he's talking to Israel, the Spirit of God, and when he's talking to the church. We are not the new Israel. We are grafted in. Yes, we're children of Abraham, but we are grafted in, adopted. Okay? Israel, God will deal with Israel. The Bible says during the seven-year tribulation will be Jacob's trouble. That he'll deal with them and do what needs to be done as laid out in the word of God. But the end result will be the question they ask in Acts chapter 1. When will, again, the nation of Israel become prominent in the world? And Jesus said, the times and the seasons are not for you to know. But he told them, I want you to go and wait until you be a dude with power from on out. In other words, there has to be a church age, the age of grace, the age of mercy. The song says, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. This is the day that the Spirit of God is drawing people. Some are receiving, and some are rejecting. If you reject, you've got a problem. You reject the only way to be reconciled to God. And you cannot stand before God without the blood of Jesus Christ on your life. You cannot stand before God by yourself. Certainly can't stand before God in your own righteousness, because you have none, and I have none. According to the Bible, our righteousness is but what? Filthy rags. Verse 23. <clears throat> then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciples should not die. To talk about John. Yea, Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? So he didn't say he's going to live forever, which he didn't. <clears throat> but he saw Christ. He saw the revelation of Jesus Christ, the things that are to come. The things that are to happen. He saw he saw Jesus in his glorified state. They saw him going up. But see when he comes back. The word of God says, eyes like fire. When when he when he judges the world, feet like brass, hair like wool, upon his vesture is written the words King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Twenty-four. This is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. So, in other words, what 
Just saying there that John wrote this book, so he knows exactly what he's talking about. He was there. He was there when it happened. 25. And there are also many other things which, which who? Jesus did, and which if they, that should be written every one, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. These are the, these are the closing words of John. He said, we couldn't get, fit everything into the books, into the Gospels. In other words, that books cannot contain what he did. And then he says, amen, or let it be. So these were the final words he spoke before, with the final word, not words, but what instructions he gave before he went up to be with the Father, sitting by the Father's right hand. And he spoke these words to Peter. Now, Peter is the one that preached the inaugural message of the New Testament church under the power of the Holy Ghost. This is not but the third hour of the day, he said, but this is well promised by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall have visions. This is what he promised in the last day, the former and the latter rain being poured, poured out together. And these things are coming. These things are coming. So the book of John, we just finished it, is all about Jesus as God. You'll not find any uh, uh, records of his family or, or his family line. He is the line of the tribe of Judah, yes, but he's God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. In in chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word became flesh. The Logos became flesh. So Jesus is coming very, very soon. The signs of the times are around us. Well, things are no different than what they was 10 years ago, 15, 20. Yes, yes they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. There's a ramping up of all the things that's happening. And the Bible says, search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. And the bottom line, are you ready to stand face to face to Jesus Christ and give an account? Are you born again? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life? The song says softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, come home, come home, sinner, come home. Just as I am, the old song used to say, without one plea, that thy blood was shed for me. Do you know Christ today? Do you know Jesus Christ today? The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God, raising from the dead, denounce all evil, Make a conscious decision to turn and repent. Ask him to live in your heart. Ask him to, 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 to sit on the throne of your heart. Ask him to rule and reign over you. Give yourself completely unto him. As a living sacrifice, the Bible says, that your priority is to pleasing God. That you become a bond servant of Jesus Christ. What the Bible say about a, uh, a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways? The prophet said, how long will you be halted between two opinions? 
How long? It's all about him. The only point of what reconciliation, the only mediator between God and man, that's the man, Christ Jesus. Seek him. Call on his name. And the Bible says he'll deliver you and hear you. This is a promise from the word of God. I'm not promising you flashing lights and and goosebumps. I'm promising you that if you accept him by faith, he'll fulfill his word in your life. It will not come back void, but do what he sent it to do. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, the Bible says. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. This world is rushing towards judgment, every part of it. The word of God says iniquity shall abound. It's happening. Love of many shall grow cold. It's happening. Many false prophets shall rise. It's happening. It's happening. It's it's happening right before our eyes. Chaos and war and rumors of war, the earthquakes and natural disasters. All these things are coming to pass. Well, we've always had them. Yes, yes, but not in the frequency that we are now. All of creation, the Bible says, groans. This is the time to look up. For our redemption draws nigh. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you for this great book. And we know, Lord, we can go over it and over it and over it again and know that Lord, we'll, we'll never exhaust it. But we thank you today for your precious word. And we lean upon it, Lord. And we speak it and we confess it as your word as being inspired. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would save souls today. That you would deliver that one that's crying out. That you break the power of sin, the power of addiction on people's lives. Bring healing to bodies today. Miracles. Heal chronic diseases, Father. Protect people from the viruses. And you said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, we call on your name today. Lead us and guide us. You told us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil of this world. Deliver us, holy God. We'll forever give you praise and honor, knowing that you are King of kings and you are Lord of lords. And the change is happening in you. You're the one that's going to change things. You're the one that's going to rule and reign in the age to come. And we thank you today for that. We thank you that we have our faith rock solid in you. The foundation you said upon this rock you build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord, we believe. But God help our unbelief. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. I shall not want Make me to lie down in green pasture Leave me beside the waters of rest
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.